Nation squad announcements always the moment which heralds exciting times for any rugby fan. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. A chance to hear from one of the Welsh players in the GB7s team, as well as exciting developments for women's and girls rugby coming up. The first Warren Gatland selected his first Six Nations squad for Wales for four years. Plenty of familiar names, but as always, some new thinking too. A chance to hear that thinking in depth, starting with the selection of Cooker Ken Owens as captain. This is great man. And looking at the, the squad, I think if we're picking a team, uh, the way he played in the autumn, I know he's, he'd come back from injury, I think he was outstanding in the autumn, and you know, he's probably the number one in that position at the moment, and there are a few other positions where people will, will be fighting for their spots. Yeah, he's going to be under some pressure as well, and hopefully there's, everyone's in the same boat. Yeah, I did contemplate whether we picked a young captain and looked at that for the future. But t- talking to the other coaches, there's probably a few contenders in that post the World Cup. And you know, obviously there'll be quite a significant change in the squad post the World Cup. So um, you know, Ken's been picked to do that job at the moment, and um, I think he'll do a great, great job. Quite a story for Ken because he had that season-long injury before New Zealand a year or term. Contemplated perhaps at one point not coming back and as you mentioned there is a bit of depth in that position as well behind him. Yeah there is and that, that's part of the challenge for us trying to create as much depth as possible sort of building into through the Six Nations and into France or the World Cup and that's going to be a challenge for us but uh, you know, I've got a huge amount of respect for him you know as a person and I think he'll be popular with the players. He wears his heart on the sleeve, he's got a, an outstanding rugby intellect and I think he you know, relates really well to people, um, and I think it'd be a popular choice for the Welsh also. Four uncapped players, if you break them into backs and forwards, the two backs, Mason Grady, Kieran Williams, a glimpse possibly of the future in that midfield, also with Joe Hawkins from the autumn campaign. Yeah, possibly. You know, I think uh, Mason's obviously, you know, he's a big man in terms of that. He's got some development to do, and um, he's been involved with the squad in the past, even though he wasn't named in the squad, he's been has trained with the team. Yeah, I'm impressed by couple of performances that I've seen from him. I think there's definitely more to come. Kieran's a bit different. He reminds me of a, a younger Scott Gibbs in the way that he sort of plays and his stature and stuff. Fantastic footwork getting across the game line. So he's a little bit different. It's pretty exciting so it's a great opportunity for him and and for the two forwards. Uh, Reese has been involved with the squad as well and then um, Teddy. Yeah just an opportunity for him to come in to see what he can he can bring to the squad. It's a position that we need to develop some depth in. I think the challenge for us is how do I balance a number of older players that have been around for the last few years that have continued to carry on and be part of the squad and how many changes do you make, how many players that we do bring in because we need to give some of those youngsters some, an opportunity during the Six Nations, the World Cup warm-up games leading into, into the World Cup. So there's, it's a bit of a balancing act. It's, I think that's reflected in the squad that we've picked. We've picked some, some experienced players that we want to still be a part of it, but we've also got to give a, a lot of those players in the squad. If you look, they haven't got a lot of caps behind their names and they need to get some more experience. Uh, because if we've seen teams in the past that have arrived at World Cups with older players or older squads and you pick up three or four injuries and all of a sudden you're throwing players in that haven't had a lot of experience, uh, you know, that's kind of 
part of our thinking and it's, it's important that we want to do well in the Six Nations but we've got to think about the next 10 months as well. Given that, is the Six Nations a bit of a free shot for yourself and the squad given the troubles of the autumn and the World Cup as you mentioned, we've got to think about the next 10 months, is the bigger picture and the wider picture? There is a bigger picture to look at but the Six Nations are never a free shot, I mean it's, it's important. It's always been important for us and for us the, the Six Nations is when points are at stake. I think the free shot sometimes in the autumn. You don't get a free shot in the Six Nations because it's a competition you want to do well and it's a competition you want to win. We've got a tough game first up but you know, I live at home first up but I think it's a, it's a great game for us and you know, sold out stadium, you know, something that we can look forward to and preparing for over the next few weeks, um, you know, getting Ireland first up, number one in the world and it's going to be a great challenge for us. 15 years ago you came in after Nantes in the World Cup, four months later or five months Wales were winning the first game of Twickenham for 20 years, we all know what came afterwards, not too dissimilar this time around, is this a tougher proposition than when you came in all those years ago? Yeah, probably is it a, a little bit tougher in terms of, you know, there were some of the regional teams that were doing well, we picked a lot of Ospreys players in that first game and that was that transition made it easier in terms of you know, going to that first game to, to twick them. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of expectations on, on the national team and the challenge for all of us, I think, in Wales is that we want our regional teams to be competing on, a, on a, and doing better in the competitions that they've played in. It was great to see the four of them win on the weekend. It was fantastic and doing reasonably well in Europe, but the URC is the competition they're involved in and we've got you know all our teams in the bottom half of the competition and three of them at the bottom of the competition so that's for me is a, is a big challenge because you know we go into a six nations and there's a huge amount of expectation and Wales expect us to do well the Welsh pub expect us to do well in that competition and we have fared extremely well over the last 20 odd years you know during that uh, six nations when it was four went from the five nations so yeah, look, I'm, I'm excited about it, but I'm well aware that uh, there are some challenges ahead. You talked about that balance between young players, young blood coming in, and keeping some of the more experienced players. Did you contemplate something more ruthless, getting rid of the, the guys in their mid-30s? Yeah, I did. The thought process is that was something that needed to be done earlier, and I think we're running out of time, so some of that experience needs to be in that squad to help with, with some of those youngsters that are coming through the players that haven't got a lot of caps to their names so that was the thought process there. Could you just tell us about uh, your decision to appoint Mike Forshaw and, and what you think he's going to bring this squad whether you see a similarity there with your work with Sean Edwards? You know I don't know where someone made up a story about Paul Gusto, I've got to get that out there because I never had a conversation with him, I don't know that. It was interesting uh, read for a few weeks that he was nailed on. Uh, but the foreshore thing, did a lot of homework on him, you know, he's probably got a very similar background to, to what Sean has in terms of his rugby league experience and playing for Wigan and Great Britain. He's pretty close to Andy Farrell. He felt that the experience he'd had in rugby union, he wanted to challenge himself at the next level. So spoke to a lot of people who rated him extremely highly, not just as a rugby coach but as a person and that was pretty important to me. Someone who would come in here and uh, one bring his experience but also I think fit into trying to create a harmonious coaching group which is, gonna, which is pretty important to me, well, very important to me sort of. 
15 years ago, you came in, you hit the ground running, you won the Six Nations. Looking at what you've got in this group, looking at what the others have got, what Ireland have got, England, France, is it believable that you can do that again? Well, it wasn't believable 15 years ago, was it? So anything's possible. Look, I'm incredibly competitive. I'll do whatever it takes to get this squad to a position where I believe they can compete with you know, some of the top teams in the world. And that's going to take a little bit of time, and well, I can guarantee you that we'll work incredibly hard over the, the next number of weeks, and, and I'm positive that we'll compete extremely well in the Six Nations. How far behind some of the top teams, France and Ireland, do you think we are? I don't know. I'll know pretty quickly. So obviously those France and Ireland are the, the two form teams at the moment. Um, I think Steve will come in and make a big difference to that England setup. Looking at uh, Wales at the moment, there's a couple of positions that we don't have a huge amount of depth in and we're you know, a little bit thin, but I'm encouraged by some of the, the talent that is out there and some of the young players coming through. There's, there's an array of exciting young loose boards coming through, some some young second rows that need a bit of work, some quality hookers as well, so sort, of, sort of for the future. If our back three are all fit, that, that can be pretty exciting, and, and the midfield as well, so kind of a little bit mixed in terms of some depth in certain positions, but there's definitely some talent here that, you know, hopefully we can look forward to working with over the next 12 months and, and further on. Can I just ask about Owen Williams? Obviously, you selected him back in 2017, he did really well, but the 60 cap law obviously prevented you and Wayne picking him more. What do you like about him, and could he maybe bring a different dimension to Wales' attack? Because obviously, he can play 12 as well. Oh, I haven't picked him as a 12, just as a 10. I, I thought the Saturday Knights game, the Montpellier Osprey, was a proper game. That's where you want your regional teams who are playing at that level and competing at that level all the time. I thought the the previous week against Leinster, they were a little bit unlucky and probably stopped a little bit line speed defensively. And they put, but they put themselves in a position to beat Leinster, which was was encouraging. But I thought his performance at ten, to be honest, before that I probably wasn't he wasn't in consideration. But it was an outstanding performance he gave at, at ten, and given his experience, you know I don't think he could have ignored that as a in the way that he played and the way the, the team played and the way he controlled the game. So. You know, it was an easy selection for us. And why have you gone back to Reese Webb? The nines that we've picked are probably our best kicking nines. And in this competition, you need nines, particularly with your box kicking, to be on the money and on the mark. And Reese will come in and put pressure on those other two nines, which I see as a positive with his experience. He's been playing well. But definitely the, the kicking of, of those three nines that we've picked is you know, something that is pretty important in this competition. You've got to be on the mark in terms of being able to apply pressure from your kicking strategy in the way that you do, you know, exit at times, and so that's primarily why we'll pick those three nines as being what we see as our best three kicking lines. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Interesting. Now, from an area where the brightest of rugby lights shine to an area which hasn't had all that much attention in the last few months as Team GB has been competing on the World 7 Series circuit, with qualification for next year's Olympics among their targets. A couple of Welshmen in the men's squad, Tom Williams and Morgan Williams. Morgan spoke to Graham Gillespie, and there was a lot to get through. Could you maybe just start by 
telling us your rugby journey, where it all began and how you got to where you are now playing for GB7. All started Carnarvon, RFC, when I must have been about six or seven. My dad was the head coach of Carnarvon RFC, so I used to be at the club literally all week, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I then went to Sandrisha College when I was 16 to the RGC Academy. I went through the age grade with RGC, 16s and 18s, played in the College Cup for Sandrisha and then played for Wales 18s. And from then I signed for Ospreys. When I was 18, I was there for a few years. That's when my son's career started really. I was, whilst I was with the Ospreys, I um, played Sam's 2016, I think my debut was. My next contract after that was uh, with the Scouts. I signed for Scouts, so the Scouts for three years, but also still playing Sam's at the same yeah. time. And then that's when GB Sam's came. After my contract with Scouts came to an end, I was really fortunate really to get the GB Sam's call because there's nothing much going about at that time. That was pre-Olympics 2020. Didn't get into the Olympics call at that time. Wales Sam's reformed last season. And uh, yeah, I was fortunate then to to be selected for GB Sevens this year. So I was talking to your Wales and uh, GB colleague Tom Williams not so long ago, and he mentioned that you've basically come all the way through the system together. So what's it like now being able to continue that journey with Team GB? Are you having to pinch yourself that you're still together all this time? So <laughs> much time later? <laughs> no, not really. It's, huh? it feels almost natural that we we're, we're on the same journey. We have been since we're twelve years old, almost. We, yeah. we um played North Wales with each other when we were about 12. Now, good mates. Um, literally had very similar journeys, both side Vosphers when we were 18. We both started Sam's at the same time and now both representing Wales in this GB squad. Yeah, so Tom was saying like he feels a sort of like a, a responsibility, if you like, for Welsh players in the future to perform well for GB to make sure that there is like a, you know, there is something to aim for if you're a, a prospective Wales Sevens player. Do you see that? Similar thought process? Yeah, definitely. I think um, Giles Joyce and, and Kayleigh Powell does as well. Four of us sort of feel that uh, responsibility of inspiring the next generation of Sands players in Wales. Although that Wales team's not on the World Series anymore, there's still a chance for players from boys and girls from from Wales to, to play in the World Series for, for GB. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask you. How exciting is it that you are continuing your journey with GB Sevens? I speak to Tom the other day. We, we both love Sam's. It's such a good game. It's it's probably not played enough in Wales. I'd I'd love for kids to to be playing it more often because it's such a good game. It definitely suits my rugby game more so than the 15s game. Way more space. You get way more involvement in a game than I would in a 15s game. So even though the game's only 15 minutes long. I'd touch the ball more, I'd make more tackles, I'd make more clear-outs in one game of Sam's than I would on the wing or at 15 even on a, in a winter's day in, in Wales. Anyway. The World Series, like everything else, sort of went through a hiatus with the, the pandemic, etc. So um, last series, the World Series sort of came back nearly normal, if you like. But some of the boys started off with GB before transferring back to Wales. How weird was that? You know, how difficult was the transition from one team to another? Yeah, it was quite weird. I think so. Last season, 2021, 2022, it started off as GB just because COVID. There was yeah. no Wales team at that point. But then 
for the 2022 season. It was coming back to Wales. So we had to start from scratch again, basically. Me and Tom were involved with the GB squad before that and Luke Trahan. And then when we came into the Wales squad last January, we were just starting from scratch and it was, it was really exciting. It was you know, good to be involved. It was, we had a massive challenge in front of us because obviously teams had been training and playing for, for the year before that we'd got together. So we had two weeks to get going and get our stuff sorted before um, I think it was Malaga last year. But yeah, it was, it was a really exciting challenge and one that everyone really enjoyed and still in touch with everyone in that squad. So how tough was it playing in that campaign, knowing that at the end of the season, no matter how well you played, there was going to be no more Wales on the World Series? Yeah, it was really difficult. To be fair, we we didn't know until quite probably midway through the season to yeah. later on into the season, that was going to be it. So that was really a difficult thing to get your head around, knowing that Wales weren't going to be on, that, on the World Series after that season. And it was tough, you know, especially boys who put so much time and effort into that Wales Sam's jersey and thought he'd leave the jersey in, in a better place than when he got it in the first place. It was quite tough to take and playing that season, knowing that it's, it was the last one, it felt a responsibility for the jersey, knowing probably not going to be on that World Series again, but also just made it more of a point to enjoy every moment of it. One that stands out for me is when you bet South Africa. So when you did actually beat them, you know, does moments like that make it even more special as a group and as, you know, individually? Yeah, that, that was massive for us, just having that scalp over South Africa. They were, they were the two going for the World Series, that tournament in LA, and they were 100% on their stuff. We, we got the win, and it felt like the biggest win playing in, for Wales, even though we'd we'd have big wins before, I'd, I'd never been in South Africa before. Uh, the situation we were in in our last World Series tournament, that was definitely a special one. So um, you're obviously with GB now. Talk us through the whole uh, normal training week or training camp with Team GB. The camps alternate between um, Loughborough in England, in Glasgow, and then we're hoping to have camps in Wales somewhere. I'm making the case for a, for a camping card, if anyway. Our camps are normally um, five to six days, so just come back from Scotland, so it means that majority of the squad have to fly to Glasgow, Edinburgh, and then we'd be staying in a hotel in Glasgow for the week, training where the Scotland Sounds were based before, and training is essentially very competitive, very intense, selection is on everyone's mind, and that's the beauty of being part of this squad. It's so competitive. Getting selected is, is a big yeah. achievement. And then that's why it's happening, basically, because we want to be uh, successful in the World Series. How would you describe the season so far with uh, GB? It's, it's been actually quite a strange one. We, uh, our first tournament in Hong Kong in October was probably came too quick for us. We had two weeks training before that. But we managed to beat South Africa, but then lose to Uruguay, which meant that we didn't go through to the quarters. And that was probably a fair uh, reflection of where we were as a squad. We hadn't quite gelled together at that point. And then moving on to Dubai uh, the month after, it was quite a similar story. We managed to beat South Africa, but then drew to Kenya in the last pool game, which meant that we didn't go through to the quarters again, which is 
so frustrating because we thought we'd come along quite a lot in the time before that um, tournament. And then going into Cape Town, we managed to get some results. We managed to beat Australia, which is a huge win for us. Beat Uganda, then it meant that we were through to the cup quarters, which is where we wanted to be. We managed to yeah, get through to the quarters and just lost South Africa, the hosts, in the quarterfinal. So I'd say we're definitely building as a squad. We're definitely starting to gel and results are showing out as well. Yeah, so what are you hoping for the next couple of legs then? I think quarterfinals is what we're hoping for. The World Series this year is so competitive. So even though we got through to the quarters last time, which meant we were second seeds, if you like, going into this one, uh, we still managed to get a very really difficult pool in New Zealand, ourselves, Australia and Tonga. So that's probably as hard a group you're going to get. And that's the challenge in front of us to get those wins against New Zealand at their home turf and then Australia again. We've done it before, so there's no reason why we can't do it again. I suppose one of the reasons they um, reduced the number of uh, teams in the World Series was to make the competition more competitive. And, you know, the Sevens is moving on at a rapid pace, isn't it? And there are really no easy games in the World Series anymore. No. Well, I'd, I'd say the top 10 teams uh, so far, three uh, legs of the series, you can't put a favourite in amongst any of them. You've had three different winners on the series so far, I think. Australia, South Africa and Samoa. Even the semi-finalists are different. The table's going up and down every leg, so you can't call it at the minute. It's so competitive. The bottom six teams, they're having big wins against top teams. Spain beat New Zealand recently. Uruguay have had some really good results. Canada are still a quality side, so there's no easy games and that's that's the beauty of it, I suppose. So, uh, come the end of the season, how will you reflect on whether it's been a successful season or not? First season as GB, a successful season, I suppose, would be qualifying for that, for that Olympics. That's the end goal. We've got 11 tournaments of World Series to play. Played three already. At the end of that, we've got Olympic qualification. That is the end goal. To get through to the Olympics, it's going to be quite a big challenge. The way it works is that the top four teams in the World Series will automatically go through. France have already qualified as a host of the Olympics. And if GB or Ireland or Spain don't get top four on the World Series, it'll mean that we go into a, a continental tournament at the end of the year to decide the winner out of the teams from Europe and one team will go through. So for you, what would it be like to, say, emulate James Davis, uh, Sam Cross, Jazz Joyce to play in the Olympics? Yeah, that's been the goal now for a few few years. Um, didn't manage it last time, but yeah, that's that's the motivation. Getting to that Olympics would be special. Do you think it's within touching distance? Yeah, yeah I'd hope so. I'd hope so. Um, the challenge, basically, before you can even think about selection or right? or anything like that, is, is to get there in the first place as a squad. That's not all we're thinking about. That's not going to be an easy challenge at all. We know how good Ireland have been last couple of years. That's our goal to qualify. If we don't qualify through uh, the European competition at the end of this year, we'll have one more chance of qualifying through a repertoire tournament just before the Olympics next year. And we don't want to get to that point. We want to qualify through this European tournament uh, end of this year. 
So, plenty still going on in the Sevens world and plenty of new stuff in women's rugby too. The inaugural season of the Celtic Challenge kicks off this weekend and all involved are buoyed about the programme. Mike Hill, head coach of the WIU Development 15, has named 42 players for the campaign, which includes some capped internationals, along with Welsh club players, international age-grade players, and some signed to the Alliance Premier 15 sides. He explained it all to Liz Jones. So we've got a mix of Welsh Premiership girls. We've been speaking to the clubs to find out players that have been standing out in that competition. We've got girls from our age grade teams, so the under-18s and under-20s, um, that Lisa Burgess highlighted. And then we've also got players that have been playing across the bridge in the Alliance Prem that are maybe not picking up as much game time as they'd like. And the club's been really good at having dialogue about when they can train and getting released for obviously hoping trying to get them as much game time as possible in these four games. How have they gelled with each other? Like you say, it's quite a big range of age and experience. How has that worked out? Better did really well. It's been great from the off. We had our screening day uh, where we put them into their positional groups. They already probably knew some of the girls, but to get to know the other girls made quite a big effort of on that day highlighting of getting to know about them, get to know some facts. So obviously when it gets to the training, they've got a better, deeper connection with them. As staff, like we've tried to make it as principle-based as possible, make it as simple, give them as much detail within like, the confines of the training environment we've got. But they, they've gelled. You'd think they've been playing together for a while now, the way they're training. They're picking up everything we're asking of them, developing session to session from last week. The improvement we saw on Monday was outstanding. All we can really hope for, to be fair. You've been impressed as coaches and also there's huge amount of enthusiasm from players I gather. Really impressed. There's some girls in there that will definitely put their hands up to hopefully get recognition like higher up further down the line. Definitely looking at the depth of our, uh, our playing pool. Like, it's great to see some of the girls that are out there from my point of view. I've, I've not seen them before and yeah been really impressed. Like There's good competition in a lot of places. I've never known so many props turn up one training session which is good and yeah as coaches we've been impressed just the way they they're absorbing all the detail the little bits we've got different ways that we've been communicating with them Tom Shepard's done a really good job there which has helped it's really aligned the off-field to the on-field learning for them and again in a short amount of time they've absorbed so much information and being able to apply it on the pitch has been impressive. Obviously, you're in the international coaching team, so there's very close link then if players are putting their hands up to make another step up. I think that the enthusiasm's there because of what's been provided, the opportunity that they'll be able to get. And as you said, the link with having me lead this programme to start with, have Bird, who's working in the pathway. They've got eyes on from Yo's, Fuge, um, so first team analyst and head coach obviously so they know there's an eye there and the opportunity with that to then progress and obviously with the contract coming out last year there's massive excitement like girls really know there's an opportunity to make this their career and especially some of the younger girls that have come through the pathway you can see that hunger it's the first time that they might step out from college and step into a professional environment that's the exciting bit for them really 
And with the World Cup, the next World Cup, in just three years' time, you know, it's exciting for you as management coaches to think, well, these could develop and be part of that. I think one of the things is, for us, has always been, how do we build that depth? How do we get a bigger base to our pyramid? And this is just one of, obviously, many ways that we're looking to do it. And I think... You can see already in a very small amount of time the, the benefits it's having. It's now how do we use it? How does it progress to become an even more powerful programme for us as a union? And I'm sure we'll start to see that from a senior's point of view within the next few years, but definitely by the World Cup in three years' time, you'd expect to be handful to a dozen of these players stepping up. And it's a year on year process, like hopefully the longer it goes on, especially with the work that's going on in the pathway we are going to have a bigger a talent pool to pull from and play from. It's very much a pilot year. It is about development. So what are your expectations for the matches themselves? What do you hope to achieve? I think it's very different from a training environment to that game environment. So it's exposing those girls to the travel, to playing against a team from another country, which then they will hopefully bridge that gap if they do step up into that international window. I suppose expectations is not really results-based. It's more how can we get as much out of it as possible. We'll definitely be looking at ourselves like the whole time. How do we get our performances better? How do we become more consistent? There's no pressure on the girls, at least, for results. It will definitely be enjoy it and show us what you can do. Do it with a smile on your face, and if you're doing that, hopefully the performance will take over itself. So that kicks off this weekend. An exciting round of European matches this weekend as well, after the Welsh regions won four from four last weekend. The senior men's squad are in camp from next Monday, so there's much to report on next week. Keep listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Until then, goodbye.